Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sport Intern Special Podcast, where we talk to the people that make the difference in the world of Olympic sport. As dancers, elaborately dressed in winter attire, ran onto the stage carrying lit snowball lanterns, so began the closing ceremony for the Beijing Winter Olympics. Yes, that's it, in what seems to be the blink of an eye and the Olympics are over. It's not completely finished, we do have a respite before we start gearing up again for what is shaping up to be an exciting Beijing Winter Paralympics, which get underway on March the 4th. Ladies and gentlemen, Please welcome the President of the Beijing Organizing Committee for the 2022 Olympic and Paralympic Winter Games, Mr. Tai Chi, and the President of the International Olympic Committee, Mr. Thomas Pa, Olympic Champion, Fencing, 1976. At the closing ceremony, the International Olympic Committee President, Thomas Bach, shared his thoughts and reflected upon the Beijing Games. Dear athletes, over the past 16 days, we admired your outstanding performances. We were deeply touched how you were wishing and cheering for your competitors to achieve their best as well. This unforgettable experience was only possible because of our gracious hosts, the Chinese people. And now I have to mark the end of this unforgettable Olympic experience. I declare the 24th Olympic Winter Games Beijing 2022 closed. While in this episode, we continue with part two of our chat with Juan Antonio Samaranch, the chair of the IOC Coordination Commission for the Beijing Winter Olympics. Since our chat, he has also been voted back in as vice president of the IOC, a post he previously held between 2016 till 2020. We began part two of our chat reflecting on some of the issues that have dogged Beijing and the IOC in the build-up to the Games, and I asked him specifically about the latest regarding the Chinese tennis player Peng Shui. I don't, I'm not familiar to that particular dossier, and... and uh, as the athlete has, uh, I think, uh, expressed publicly, uh, it's her private life, and she wants to. Uh, and, and I have no comments to make about uh, about that situation. No, not that I'm aware of. You're following in the footsteps 
of your father, who was an amazing leader of the IOC. But was it always written in your DNA that that would be your path as well? Or did you ever imagine that perhaps, you know, perhaps when you were younger, you wanted a, a totally different uh, career, a totally different uh, sort of life? Well, I've been involved since my very, very early childhood in sports through my father and and I got interested in that part of the sport very early on, probably before I was 18 in the Mohan Bentazan Union in Spain, the Spanish Federation of Mohan Bentazan. And since then, you know, you, you go one step after the other and you get to do to have more responsibilities and you get to do things that are even more interesting. And um, I can only say I'm a very, very lucky person for uh, being able to do what I do. It's something I do with a lot of passion. I love being part of this movement and uh, happy camper. I'm a very lucky happy camper here. What about the, the, the regarding the um, International Modern Pentathlon Union? You know, there's this discussion ongoing about what's going to be um, the sport that will come in uh, to replace uh, the horse riding. Do, do you have any idea or an update as to where that's going and what direction you see that developing in? Well, there's a commission with experts from outside the union, people from media, people from marketing, people from TV. And uh, we have had a first uh, committee or commission meeting. And uh, the second is uh, coming very soon. And uh, you will understand that I'm let us work let us work we have to find something which is very interesting we want something that is simple attractive to the youth inexpensive easy to organize it seems very much to be the direction for the ioc because we've seen it with tokyo and the success of sports like skateboarding for example um we also had the, the, the international climbing uh, surfing uh, do you do you see projecting ahead looking at how the ioc and the olympic games develop that we're going to have a lot more of these urban sports which are very much youth oriented uh, sort of coming to the fore uh, in terms of olympic uh, uh, you know maybe even blue ribbon sports in the future we'll see and we are we are very hopeful that that some good ideas are in the uh, in the mix and that we will come up with a good strong proposal for a good sport for the olympic program i mean i am a true believer in multi-sport and developing for the youth multi-capacities not just purely specialized in one in my opinion it creates another breed of athletes that are more complete less specialized yeah i was just yeah i was just saying pick, picking up on what you were saying there about uh you know a, a sport that has an attraction for uh the youth we've seen we've seen that through tokyo uh the olympics in tokyo with uh, sports like skateboarding surfing coming to the fore and being very successful do you do you see that as being the focus moving ahead for the IOC to looking at sports which are very much engaging the youth? Uh, of course, you have your virtual series as well that the IOC has has developed and is working on. It seems to be there's a there's a target there to 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 tap into what's exciting uh, youth and urban sports seems to be high up on that agenda. Look at winter sports. What these guys do? We have big air. We have. Uh uh slope style we have i mean things that did not even exist 10 15 years ago but we have to go down that route also in summer sports um there are a number of great additions that have proved to be extremely successful in tokyo and that's the that's the way to go now 
going back to pentathlon, we, we need to steer our pentathlon to be more attractive and easier to reach uh, for the youth. I mean, bear in mind, but let's not fool ourselves. It's a multi-sport thing that requires complex training, complex uh, 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 mix of skills. It's not obvious that it would ever become um, a sport for uh, vast majorities. But it, in my personal opinion, of course, I've been there for, for a lifetime. It has a, a, an important space to cover and, and, and to fill in, in the program. I've read that cycling is high up on that list. Can you confirm, deny? <laughs> What's your hands feeling on that one? What people say, they don't say no comment. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure this, uh, this one will be one that you'll be very keen to comment on. Sustainability is a very big uh, thing moving ahead, of course. We've seen it with the uh, 2020 plus five agenda for the IOC. Uh, the, the Beijing Games have put a lot of stress and emphasis on sustainability, what we're seeing in the build-up to, to Paris. How important is that for you personally and as an organization that we see that uh, going forward? I mean, I think that that we've made sufficiently clear that sustainability in all its forms, because you can talk about so many sustainabilities, so different and so diverse, but in all of them, sustainability is the one of the very much, the very key words uh, nowadays. Sustainability means um, yeah, green means environment, fine. Sustainability means not wasting one single euro, dollar in things related to the games that don't make sense, don't make sense post-games. So not building stadiums that are not needed, not building infrastructure that might be used only for 16 days of glory and not for 16 times two years, for 30, 40 years. For entire community, that's another way of talking about sustainability. And in between those two extremes, you have all sorts of sustainabilities. I think that uh, we are happy, and we, with the, the document uh, published by Beijing right before, like two weeks before the Olympics on sustainability report, is very powerful, very powerful. And um, also, we are. We have our own goals. They are on our annual report of the IOC on sustainability. We have our sustainability report yearly, and we are working not only on making our activities sustainable from IOC, making the games sustainable from the Olympic Games, and making international competitive sports sustainable in the context of the Olympic family. So, bloody serious. When do you begin to evaluate, look back, go through, pick out what was good, what needs to be improved? When does that process begin for you? And, and where, where do you carry that on to uh, in the next stage for the IOC? Well, uh, as we do with every edition of the Games, the uh, sports uh, department will do an in-depth evaluation with the media and TV and uh, uh, digital departments of, of our organization. So we will have a very clear picture what works, what doesn't work, and to what extent we need to fix things in the, uh, uh, in the program, in the activities, in the uh, timing, in the uh, scheduling of the things. So um, I think that what we should do after the games is to send everybody that we can on holidays. It's been a tough, tough, tough year and a half with Tokyo, the one-year delay, and these games immediately after. 
and when we come when they come back then we will have in no time we will have very very soon a clear picture of of of, of what can be improved there is always always things that can be improved and where do you go on holiday in that case then <laughs> Well, listen, uh, believe it or not, this, uh, uh, these are my holidays because yeah. I have a, I, I, I have a, family, a working holiday. I have a job, I have a job, I have a family. So uh, uh, these are my holidays, but it's, I could not think of spending them in a better way, having more fun. So uh, again, uh, cannot complain. And that's it for this edition of the Sport Intern Special Podcast. Don't forget you can get all the news from the world of sport by subscribing to our Sport Intern newsletter, produced Monday to Friday. So, until next time, stay safe.